0: hello everybody hello i'm theo black
1: and i'm sarah black
0: and i am mightily distracted today but and this is later than usual but we're gonna do this anyways we're gonna do it Distracted
1: because you have a new family member in your house which makes it sound like your girlfriend gave birth but actually you got a cat
0: yes (laughs) because that's that does make it sound like that but that's not what happened we have a cat now the cat is Appropriately, as as they often do when first introduced to a new household, hiding. Although yeah. the cat is hiding in plain sight in the bathtub, which is kind of adorable, um, but that's fine. We 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 petted it a little bit. It's not hissing. We're we're keeping our distance. You know, space.
1: My cats are kind of Chip. Kind of likes the bathtub. They're they're. I don't know. Well, Chip's gotten in it. Cats in bathtubs are an odd.
0: Yeah. Well, was caring. it was it Annie who used to like go in and drink water? Oh, for... like
1: she liked she liked the human flavored bath water a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Annie was very <laughs> odd, but I liked Annie. Annie all was. Ca-
1: all cats have their idiosyncrasies. Anyway, they do.
0: Anyways, okay. So, uh, minus that diversion, let us start talking about today's bad movie or our first bad movie. Um right. So we've made our way into. Oh, wait, I did this wrong in the order. We're actually going to talk about Life Force first.
1: Oh, was that the first one? That's right, because we watched them out of order. We
0: watched them out of order, but Life Force is from the 80s. So, my bad on the document. Not that you'd
1: really know by watching, (laughs) because Dead Space has a kind of a timeless quality to it that places it anywhere.
0: It does, but let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Um... Okay,
1: so Life Force. Life Force. Who's describing which movie?
0: Oh, gosh. Go ahead and describe Life Force. You get to do Life Force.
1: (laughs) Okay, so in Life Force, a group of British astronauts come across some naked people in space. um, And they bring the naked people back, and they end up being vampires who um, escape and basically take over London. I mean, that's kind of it. You're muted or something. I'm not hearing you.
0: Whoops. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. What did
0: you Whoops. do? I hit, I hit the button twice, I think, on accident. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Life Force is like, well, so, so I want to lead with the first thought, I think, the real concrete thought that you and I had. We both had this thought separately, but I mentioned it to you, which is that we've seen Dawn of the Dead recently, and Life Force is like. Not only oh spoilers by the way. Way Oh spoilers.
1: spoilers, we're gonna I, I already spoiled it really.
0: Yeah, you did, but that's okay. Spoilers at this and anything we mentioned, but it's as if Dawn of the Dead, like life force is what leads into Dawn of the Dead, except that instead of it being energy vampires, it's zombies, but like yeah basically life force is a movie that doesn't care about that kind of stuff it's energy sucking vampires who are also zombies with plague
1: well and if you remember um in um night of the Liv- night of the living dead um that's the, that's first the first one. one it was a comet right it was a comet that made people that it was, was. The, the, you're
0: right i have the, forgotten the about anime. that
1: So um, something I actually want to clarify for us is you and I talked about both this and dead space as B movies. And this is actually life force is not a B movie because it had a $25 million budget. It is a B movie studio attempting to do a blockbuster film by hiring Toby Hooper, who first did Texas chainsaw massacre, which is a B movie. As far as I'm aware, it's a low budget horror film, but then he did poltergeist, which was definitely a, a larger film.
0: Yeah, I mean, these are not the only movies he did, but famously, right?
1: Dan O'Bannon, I think, at that point had done Alien. He he wrote on it and stuff like that. So there's, you know, there is A-list talent on this movie being done by Canon Films, which is a definite like low-budget B-type studio that tried to become prestige and 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 went down in a dumpster fire basically as a result.
0: Well, I have a weird connection to all of this for two reasons. One. Well, no, for one reason, but so the first thing is there's a documentary called Electric Bugaloo, which I think is about a movie called Electric Bugaloo. I mean, it's it's a documentary about canon, but the movie, there's also a movie called Electric Bugaloo, which is a feature film fictional. But I'm talking about the documentary and the documentary is great. And many years ago when we watched the documentary and we were, I was watching it and I'm like, these people look familiar. At the time I was doing an internship at millennium entertainment there's millennium films and entertainment there's two different companies and one of them is the one i were i was an internet and one of them internet and one of them was something else now the one i was an internet internet was what canon essentially became right and i think they they like did the expendables or they i think they produced it i forget how that all works but that's who they turned into so i have a weird like tangential connection
1: right and they were really good at making a profit off of low i mean it was like roger corman who, yeah you know you if you spend less on a movie but can you know make more money off of people buying and watching it you know you're, you're turning a profit and there are people who do that and i mean we talked about this a little i think with even monster at gogo you know there's different reasons to make movies Right. Um, and it is a business and it is expensive to make movies versus some art. You know, all art has barriers to entry, including just having leisure time and so on. But, right. you know, they were definitely about um, how they could quickly, inexpensively make movies and make a profit. But then Life Force is a different monster because they really put some money into it. Out of curiosity, I looked at um, Stuart Gordon um and uh reanimator had a budget of like one to two million and uh, from beyond had like a five million dollar budget and those to me you know and then after that there's like micro budget which is like way way like cane river (laughs) right totally um so you know just to kind of comparison it comparison it to make a comparison um life force okay so let's talk about the movie itself for a moment. It is ambitious beyond its ability to, to kind of um, deliver it, the goods, I would say. It, because, okay, so bear with me one moment, and then I'll let you talk. All right. I kept thinking about 2001. <laughs> but if you think about a movie that doesn't start with the characters you end with, and the the last section of 2001, you're kind of with those guys. I mean, I love Kier Dule, but most people have no idea who he is. And when I'm like, he's Dave, he's the guy that Hal's saying, talking to at the end of 2001, then they know who he is, right? Yeah. And Dave, and I forget the other uh, astronaut's name, and I've seen him and stuff, but like, they're just guys, right? Like, yeah. there's not much to them. It's Kubrick. Kubrick doesn't like characters that much, but... Um,
0: <laughs> Basically.
1: But you know, it has this kind of like you start in one place and you go to another, and then you go to another. Well, with Life Force, you know, you start up in space with these astronauts. You you kind of follow the trail of bodies down to Earth, where you end up in the institute where the, the or the it's not an institute the it's I, a research I guess it's, a
0: research center
1: right where they build as where you know, and by then you're like an hour in, I think, kind of getting there. And by the time you end up with the two schlubs who who you're going to end up with for the rest of the film, uh, you don't even end up with one of them. You end up with one of them. You see him a few times and that's, I think he's one of the ESA, the European space agency guys. And then you meet up with one of the astronauts from the Churchill and -hmm. they end up being kind of your end game people. And that's like, that's not typical. Like that is going. And I was reading on, um, wikipedia some about how there was a ton of footage shot of things that didn't make it in you know that's not surprising and that and it was mostly like stuff up in space with the astronauts and so on which which speaks again to kind of the ambition of the project versus what actually happened and you and i were even talking about all the president's men which is also a movie that uh, here we are comparing life force to 2001 and all the president's men but it, it, um you know it just it just stars two guys. Go- I mean, it. Well, no, it stars Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. But the the characters are just kind of two reporters. You don't get much insight into their lives or anything.
0: I mean, one but of I- them's one of them's the the workhorse, and one of them's the guy with the connections. And that's and that's not like that's like a bit bit of character, but that's like kind of the extent of how deep it goes, really.
1: Right. And and I think you know part of it is having Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. No shade on the guys in Life Force; they're fine, but they're not they're not as iconic looking yeah. um and the dialogue is just you know the mannerisms and so on gives you a lot to go off of even though you don't know where they you know their backstories very much yeah and and so by the end you're kind of watching two dudes run around you know to a british dude and an american dude like trying to find the vampire and it's just like it's it's like visually interesting and and it's interesting to talk about, but in the moment it was kind of like, here's the guy. But like, but again, the ambition wise compared to what we've seen, <laughs> like Monster Go-Go, uh, uh, the giant claw, you know, like London is burning. You've got miniatures on fire. You're, you've got all these extras running around. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's got money on screen that you can see. And the visual effects are a little funky, but they're kind of fun. I thought they were, I mean, I've, they're not like um, giant claw or whatever, where you saw a hand in yeah. <laughs> <like> holding, <laughs> holding something on screen. Like they're, yeah. they're, you know, and I think the the visual effects person on life force is a, is, is a name. It's Dykstra, right?
0: Right. It's, it's Dykstra. And I forget exactly who he is, but he's a name. Well, everybody's a name, but well, he's yeah. a more famous name for having done certain things
1: right so uh, it's just an interesting oh well poltergeist had a 10 million dollar budget so now someone did remind me that the budgets for canon are loosey-goosey and who knows like wikipedia is saying 25 million but who knows what the actual um budget was you know how it because they, they they you know all of hollywood likes to cook the books a little bit so yeah. who knows for sure but anyway so that's kind of i find it a very i am not sure how entertaining i find it i definitely find it really interesting and oh uh our um, our lead vampire is a lady who's nude most of the time i i do like a movie where the monster is a naked girl <laughs>
0: <laughs> well okay so i i do too uh, naked women perfectly fine with them naked men too but naked men you can't show penises without getting in trouble with the mpaa because nudity restrictions yeah. are weird anyways uh, okay so we we discussed this a little bit already but life force almost doesn't fit into our our bad good movie month uh, right because it is a space movie with monsters space monsters it is, it actually takes place somewhat in outer space. Right. And Robot Monster didn't, Giant Claw didn't, uh, Monster Agogo starts, there's a bre- there's two shots where something is in outer space, but otherwise no. And The Incredible Melting Man has a full sequence in space.
1: Right we're slowly working our way into space. <laughs> right, which
0: is just how things are going, I guess. Actually, it is
1: because by the time we get to dead space, we're like fully in space. Although I think our next two films aren't as in space again, but.
0: I don't know much at all about AVP or what was our last, our other one? I don't even remember, but yeah, they're not as much. Uh, so, so like, so it does almost doesn't fit into being a bad, good movie because it's kind of, an entertaining B movie with a a movie money, mm-hmm. maybe, and yeah, Canon. The, here's the thing: so I was looking at something the other day because we, me and uh, Jill, are going through Stargate SG One. I've talked about it, and in the Stargate mythos, not necessarily SG One. No spoilers for that in particular. But like, I was looking up like this character coming or going, or like why this happened or that happened, and like, there's a few places where it's like, well, the producers wanted to do this, or the producers wanted to do that. And can like that happens in anything, in any movie, anywhere. There's this whole idea that if you give creatives complete control over their films, suddenly they'll be amazing. That is bullshit. <laughs> it's
1: Often, been, It's been proven to be the opposite sometimes. But. Yeah,
0: like anything, it is all specific on the people involved, the creative, right. the higher-ups, all of that. Sometimes you need a certain kind of producer to make certain kinds of movies, whatever. But... Um, when a producer says like oh you should kill this character off in your TV show it's really just because they're trying to drum up ratings now in a movie setting canon strikes me as the kind of group from watching that documentary and from having seen a few films like they did the Death Wish movies Mm -hmm. they did this electric bugaloo that I don't really know that well I've seen a few of their movies show up on Chuck
1: Norris stuff I think they did a lot of that
0: right and I've seen their stuff fly by on best of the worst with red letter media Um, and like for me, for for them, it feels like it's not Roger Corman where it's like one for you, one for me. Where like he kind of does stuff and then he lets other people do stuff, and it's kind of like this training ground, but also this place where you get to be kind of experimental and all that. This is more like the people at Canon and probably the two heads were like, just do shit, make big noises, whatever you want, just make it big. Like they were it is almost, more, I mean,
1: they did the Franco Zeffirelli Othello on the other hand, like they were an odd group.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and we've seen the apple, which yes. is, which is, right. which is one of our favorite bad, good movies. Billy, had, like, I
1: am. So I'm getting,
0: getting to, I, okay, I have one. Sorry. sorry I'll sorry, finish sorry. my thought. So Canon is like, they just do wacky shit. Like the producers there aren't like, oh, kill this guy off because it'll improve their ratings. These guys are like, just do this and then do that and then do this thing and then here. So that means that like their bad movies are entertaining because they're just full of random shit, full of random stuff happening. And a movie like Life Force, which is essentially a B movie with A movie money, is more entertaining because you've got Patrick Stewart Dissolving into blood and turning into another person. You've got London exploding. You've got like people running around trying to solve something, and then they come outside and hey, the apocalypse is hit. Like it's got got stuff like that, which is kind of great.
1: Masochist woman. You've got all kinds,
0: right? And like just just... plus you've got floating umbrella, sperm spaceship bullshit thing happening, which is like I don't know what that is, but it's a great design. And space vampires. It is literally space vampires. So it's like this movie is ultimately i think could fits into our bad good month but i also could see people like you and me being like it's kind of just entertaining yeah it's just kind of a like there's there's yeah there's too much talking and stretches where nothing matters but and there's there's no character no character to speak of but like it's just entertaining because weird crazy shit is happening
1: yeah i mean and it's not it it doesn't like it doesn't fail at things the way like it, it, it fails at things for sure, but not like, you know, robot monster or, <laughs> or
0: like just everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, does, it And it doesn't have that. It doesn't have the nonsensicalness of robot monster and it doesn't right. have the, the kind of humor of melting man, which I think are kind of the two we've enjoyed the most so far. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I kind of like the smallness of melting man, for example, where you end with the guy melting, being stuck, you know, there's something about that so that it's a little overwhelming when you get to something like life force, which suddenly London's on fire. But at the same time, there is also something fascinating. Like we've watched the Romero films and Romero couldn't do those kind of scenes that way. I don't think he ever had that budget. So yeah,
0: even in his later movies.
1: Yeah. And it, it doesn't, you don't see the seams you don't quite see it's it's just you know sometimes what we like about b movies is that you explore topics that you can't when you're trying to get money from everyone if you need a huge broad audience then your your movie needs to be broad enough that you're not gonna that you're gonna exactly. attract as many people as possible and alienate the least. Right. And if you're made a lower budget film, you can go after a more niche audience where it's like, we just wanna find the guys that like slasher films. We just wanna find the people that like things free on a spaceship, Yeah. Now, kind of a thing. And Life Force almost is kind of in between where- it, Yeah. It, I mean, I can't think of a, another high budget film that has a naked lady wandering around quite the way life force does and that feels very i mean it was making me think of zardoz a little bit um
0: there's a there's a scene what there's a the
1: budget for zardoz i feel like things got real really weird in the 70s and 80s budget for zardoz was 1.5 million so that's tiny compared. we, we to hadn't
0: Lifeforce. quite entered the superhero era which is i guess the 2000s roughly um and and i mean this is even before mcu there were other superhero movies and tenfold movies but like i feel like the 90s is where things shifted from sort of like from late sixties to early nineties, you've got different things happening and probably the seventies are the most interesting so far to me. Not that I'm a film historian, but once you get to the nineties, you start getting more poly movies and they start yeah. doing it different. But anyways,
1: nineties and beyond was also kind of the beginning of the era of home entertainment and direct to DVD and all that. And I do yeah. not know much about that except no. that, that it was a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, well, it's, it just—it has these kind of salacious B movie bits in a high budget film, and that just makes it kind of interesting.
0: I mean, well, it's also the first one we've watched. Like the Incredible Melting Man has, I think there's like one or two. No, I don't think there's any. I think we're, there's still no special effects, <laughs> like. uh non-practical special effects in the incredible melting man at least none of the obvious stuff like they're still i'm sure they're right. doing some kind of color correction and treatment to the film and all that but we haven't entered computers yet whereas i think life force is what year is life force
1: 85
0: 85 so i think we i think like the whole like they're doing so i guess we're still not i'm not sure sh- i'm not sure if these count as computer but we've now reached like post star wars like that's kind of important yeah you know, this is post source i think incredible melting man might have been the same years as the original star wars but um i figure what year that was but uh but um we're post empire strikes back post return of the jedi so we've got like compositing and layering and there's right. and uh, your boyfriend explained all of how they did the the blue electricity effect which was kind of right. neat and we've also got like we've, we've it's it's really the layering of shots that's kind of interesting to me mm-hmm. and it's it looks a lot better than it's not there's less green screen i guess is what would have been done before that or or where they they're projecting on a background or something i don't know but there's something about the way life force works maybe somebody who really knows special effects can can say definitively what it is but we've reached an era where it looks a certain way and i mean dead space doesn't have any of this because yeah. it's a terrible movie with no money but in the 90s you start to get computer effects in movies right. So if we had just picked a different one, we would have seen that. But like we're entering a different era of effects. Yeah. And this is, that's, it's, this is that double-edged sword where it's like, I'm not somebody who bemoans every big movie that has practical effects. The effects in Life Force are a part of what make it fun. It's so neat. Right. You know, all the designs are really you mean, clever. You're
1: not someone who bemoans computer effects. And
0: computer that's effects. What... Yeah. I and mean, so, like in Life Force, they look really neat. And even in the Marvel movies, I enjoy a lot of the design. And like the, that Warhammer or Warcraft movie that I saw, it was Warcraft. Like that movie was pretty boring, except that the effects were really neat. Uh, but it's also that thing where you move away from practical effects. And I think a part of what you and I like about like indie horror movies or movies from the 70s and the 80s and the 60s is there's a lot of practical effects. Yeah. And like The Incredible Melting Man is just this like goopy, messy, stuff it's Mm -hmm. just really fun to look at it has a reality it has a feel and a touch to it and a texture that a lot Mm -hmm. of computer effects didn't really have until the last uh, decade and even then it's really a matter of like who which studio has more money now these effects get better and better and maybe in 20 years none of this will matter but like there's there's a weird this is a movie where like i really like the effects and they managed to have some texture and we're going to get away from that i think as movies go forward a little bit not yeah. that we're going to watch those, but just like there's an interesting sort of thing there,
1: right? And, it, and a lot of it depended on the director and if they knew what they were doing and what, what could be done, and so on. Like, uh, Jurassic Park, you know, they they yeah. were very um, modest with how they used it, and it worked to great effect. Whereas, if you start thinking you can do everything with computer, you know,
0: well, right, what's oh gosh, what year? Because, because uh, 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 Jaws is 75, right something here like i'll look that. this up don't worry about it <laughs> um um jaws is 75 and then i think et is a little later than jaws right i think
1: et is 82 yeah
0: yeah so like it's, it's interesting to sort of think about these movies in the years they come out and what it shows about the change yeah. of because you and i talk about you know art and how people are like oh they just suddenly started doing this you know people who don't really think too hard about it and it's like no well now they have they literally they have nuts and bolts that right. are built so that you can take your painting. Right. And, I mean, and...
1: it's like people get really. I mean, we talk about this in art. Like, why didn't Michelangelo just go out and paint landscapes? Well, because you really couldn't. Like, you just yeah. didn't have the materials. You didn't have the way to do it. So, yeah. Um. You know, art is affected by by what's going on. Um. Yeah. It was interesting. So John Dykstra is the special effects artist, and his Wikipedia even says pioneer in the development of the use of computers in filmmaking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was... um, I mean, we haven't talked about the plot a ton, except to say, like, in some ways... Well, in some ways, it's just a a monster movie, but the monster has to be a a naked woman. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention, too, is that um, I had seen in Wikipedia and kind of noticed as we were watching that Toby Hooper, who's the director, was uh, influenced by Hammer Films. Right. Which you have been watching. And there's definitely... A gothic feel to some of the scenes especially towards the end i'd say when you're like in a crypt you know with a vampire kind of a yeah. thing. It made me think of the vampire lovers yeah that, a lot there's of vampire we because we did this and let's scare jessica to death had a, a vampire-ish quality to it so
0: yeah <laughs> <Dungeon> <laughs> it was unintentional hash- but... it's
1: a lot of vampires going on around here
0: yeah well a part of uh hammer films is it's gothicness but it's also campy which mm-hmm. you know is hit or miss for you. I weirdly, I seem to be the one who likes campy more, which I don't know why that works. But, <laughs> but like, so there is a campy element to Life Force, but because it's so, there's so much more money to it, the camp doesn't really come through the way it does in like a low budget movie. Yeah, we haven't talked about the plot a lot because the plot is like, you know, aliens. Alien comes from space, is looking for energy. We have to stop it. At the end. Yeah. Like there's things that happen on the way. Like we run into Patrick Stewart. Uh, um, there's, there's a um... blood
1: turns into the shape of the va- That was very cool. Yeah. Blood there's turns into the shape of the naked vampire lady.
0: People start sweating. There's a couple male vampires. If you, there's some really neat, um, uh, Dehydrated corpse effects that also right. In, those were a, very cool. In a few instances, that results in people like exploding into dust, which is really cool.
1: <laughs> I like the the our um, American astronaut having this weird connection with the vampire lady. Yeah. Again, it kind of suffers from him just being American astronaut man and not having much else going on. But yeah. it, it, it kind of. It, it it I mean it gave it that weird flavor that, that we're talking about that, that feels way more B movie than
0: like this could this would be a better B movie or a better movie in general if that character had literally any backstory. Like I don't I don't remember a single line of dialogue that explained anything about who he was prior to us meeting him other than yeah. American astronaut on But again, I also
1: think if the writing of the script itself had been better right he could have there would have been more character about him revealed instead he just seemed kind of upset he seemed upset most of the movie he just seemed kind of upset and i don't think it's necessarily i hesitate to blame actors because sometimes there's just not much to work with well it's
0: there's not much to work with the script or the director is asking like, for a certain I can't something or, a, i
1: can't remember any lines of dialogue from this movie because they just weren't that
0: no it's not they that were kind, of movie. kind of
1: perfunctory it's
0: weirdly to me it's you were talking about this so i'm i'm gonna i'm jumping on something you said when we were discussing it earlier which is that it almost seems like pre Emmerich, like it's a pre-em roll film and lately i he's been doing different things but i'm i'm a fan of stargate (laughs) surprise and we just watched uh, independence day the other day me and my girlfriend and like his movies don't have a ton of character but what he does is he sets up character makes things happen to those characters uh, you get one or two more beats of character and a lot of them interacting with stuff. So it's character through action. And that's kind of what he did in those two movies. But he and- also,
1: like, he kind of sets up character and doesn't do anything with it. It's the frustrating thing with Roland Emmerich. It's like the he like, has server. a character arc where you, like, you have a start and then it gets to the top of the arc and then it just stops. They don't, yeah. like, they don't resolve. His
0: character arcs fizzle out. Huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't really... And in Life Force,
0: a Life Force, because it's such a B-movie, like weirdly, I hadn't even thought about the character arcs until now, because for one thing, we don't, we start and end with different characters, which is a bad movie thing to do. Um, but like, it, there isn't really character or
1: 2001. arcs. 2001, you could do 2001 or... Yeah,
0: right. Um, so like there's character, there's, there's not real, like what are the character arcs in Life Force? Nothing, right? Like, but it doesn't really matter because you're, another part of life force is you start it's you remember the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie set it up. And so again, we haven't talked a lot about story or character because they're in them, but in the there isn't much. But in the first 10 to 15 minutes, we like are on the Churchill and they're going to the comet and they're in this alien ship. And we're like, oh, this is just going to be literally bat shit crazy because yeah. bats, vampire bats. Right, so, they, they
1: find vampire bats in space. Yes.
0: Yeah, so it's like, so it's just that thing where you kind of shrug and you're like, I know what I'm in here for. And you stop expecting a certain level of character or character arc or any of that. So yeah. it kind of gets away with not... Like with just, stuff. You know, I
1: think of like um, Reanimator, you know, and like so much of that is made by Jeffrey Coombs performance, and I don't think you really have like a ton of. I think it's just his performance that kind of carry. Like, but but then there's you know like that has a famous line to it, and I'm not going to quote it properly, but it's like you know dead cat in the fridge will explain later or whatever. Like I'm not quoting it quite <laughs> right, but like right. that's a famous line, like yeah. from that from Reanimator. You what? know I, what? What's the famous line from
0: <laughs> you Life Force?
1: Force? You know, like
0: I don't know. Well, and a part of so that's the thing where like you are, you're not as plot driven as me, so you have trouble with this in general. Like, yeah. there's no plot to Life Force but there are moments and scenes and like that's what like you can tell who a director is sometimes by how they interact with things and i don't know toby hooper at all i've never seen texas chainsaw massacre i know i need to stop telling me the world the universe
1: poltergeist. Have you or seen- poltergeist i
0: haven't seen that either i think this might be the only toby hooper film i've seen i don't know um but uh like you can tell that like for this movie in particular he was really interested in the ideas and the high concept and like what's happening in the scene to kind of explain and work around that idea which is a part yeah. of why your boyfriend loves it yes. Kirby is high concept mm-hmm. idea man to a fault so yes like character and everything else be damned, but like the yeah. space vampires that's kind of weird it's kind of an interesting concept our guy who's got a connection like the fact that like it spreads like a plague like it's remember how like uh, there, sometimes you talk about movies that have like all the movie in it. Huh? Mm-hmm. Like yes. this does not have all the movie in it, but it has all the movie ideas in it. Like yeah. it's one of those kind of things. If it wasn't it's a so... lot of
1: movie. It is a lot of movie.
0: It's I mean a lot remember of movie. when
1: we're in the like in Ireland with a curly redheaded masochist who needs to be manhandled in order to find the piece of information that they need next. Like, wow, right. that happened. Right,
0: and really that's terribly problematic, but also it's in Life Force, which is yeah. like, like like that doesn't make it not problematic. That means that like.
1: Well, I mean, and half of Life Force is entertaining just for like, clearly you have to have the boobs and the, the, the you know, the the vagina. Yeah. covered for a certain amount of time in order to maintain a certain rating so it's just yeah. kind of like is this a scene where they're gonna just show it or is this a scene where a banister is gonna cover the tits yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <Pretty much. laughs> like
1: like because it, it would almost happen like shot to shot it'd be like tits no tits like it yeah. was kind of like yeah. fascinating for that reason i have to yell totally. at my cat i'll mute
0: <laughs> poor poor uh, we, we have a cat's trying to escape luckily my cat hasn't done that we're going to lose Sarah for a second but that's okay I, I guess I'll wrap up my thought on this which is that ultimately it is a little too dull for me to like want to go back regularly to it there just isn't enough there's just a few too many scenes where people are talking and, and not enough is happening but I will still want to go back to it at a certain point to watch it I'm sure and actually, Sarah will maybe talk about this when she gets back, but it's the kind of movie you wanna see on the big screen. So like, I have to imagine at some point in my life, I will end up rewatching Life Force and I hope it's on a big screen. That might even make the talkie bits a little more easy to get through. Yeah. But, so it's, it's want also to really I wanna see Life fun. Force
1: on the big screen. That says something, right?
0: It does, it says something. <laughs>
1: i don't even have too much else to say about it though i gave my I mean, final I think thoughts it, so yeah i think it's worth watching i mean if you don't like campy b scythe i don't even know why you're watching this anyway but i mean you do you you can skip it but um yeah it's it's just kind of fun and interesting and weird and yeah there's a big budget and big ambitions
0: i i feel like i'm more likely to go back to the incredible man because it's just a little more
1: there's just incredible enough,
0: man. the incredible melting man there's just enough more facets of that that i would want to go back to but if life force shows up on the big screen somewhere which somebody's got to be putting it on the big screen someday in the future like that i would go to so
1: yeah
0: yeah all right so let's cover uh the first movie we watched <laughs> but the second one chronologically which is dead space
1: yes dead space you have to type in movie or 1991 if you're looking this one up online because it's uh, it's all about the video game which is unrelated
0: i have never played the video game i'm told the first one is good i don't know and the second one wasn't as good and i know there's a couple of movies that spawned from it and comic books even so and as far as and they're not related at all dead space the 1991 movie is not in any way related to this other than the name and right. the reason for that is, is because it is actually a remake of a movie called Forbidden World or Mutant or like Experiment X. It's had a couple of different names, but currently right. it's Forbidden World.
1: <laughs> and we just covered a canon film. But speaking of B-movie factories.
0: Yes. So uh, spoilers again for Dead Space and consequently spoilers for Forbidden World and any other movie we might talk about. Forbidden but World it, was a...
1: Yeah, sorry, let you go.
0: Forbidden World was a Roger Corman film. Uh, I actually watched Forbidden World uh, last year at some point, uh, just because I was it was a you know on Amazon and it was a silly looking, it had a great poster. And I was like, eh, why not? I'm going to start off by saying it is almost a, 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 a beat for beat remake. Yeah. They change a few things. And obviously I think Forbidden World is like 70s or maybe it's 80s, whatever. Um, and Dead Space is 91, but... It's otherwise a shot for shot remake it, and except that somehow it has less money than forbidden world did or at least it looks like it did and that may be a part of the magic of roger corman and the studio and the people he worked with
1: i mean this is another roger corman film i didn't even realize that dead space is a roger corman remake of a roger corman film
0: right and so he was better bless at it early roger on corman. i mean, bless, bless his soul <laughs> um he 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 Somehow he made a worse movie later in the nineties. <laughs> and I think people didn't like his stuff as much out of the seventies and eighties. I mean, they didn't like his stuff later on as much, as far as I understand it, but the plot is awfully simple. And it is, I will do the synopsis and stuff. Now so Go two versions it. of this. Uh, the movie opens on guy with ship in space. He's a, some sort of military. You're
1: giving the movie officer. too much credit already. Movie starts in a room. With a guy pricking himself in a laboratory.
0: (laughs) Sorry, yes, it, it starts there. So we see something has gone wrong in the lab and we cut to military man who's in space doing something and he shoots some people. And I actually think it is the same Outside space shots from Forbidden World that it was in Dead Space. Oh, but like, those
1: are those are also from Battle from Beyond the Stars. So he's oh, just reusing his stuff. Okay,
0: that's what I was like. I'm also pretty sure they're from Battle from Beyond the Stars. So it might be three movies with the same space shots in it. Right. Not, I think so. Anyways, anyways, so we go to this guy and he lands. There's a distress signal. He lands at the lab, which we have seen in the opening. And he now, and they're like, there's a con- there's a uh, conflict of like one person called the SOS, one person, the other people didn't want it. What's going on in this lab? Something bad's going to happen. They can't get on the ship for some dumb reason and leave. A monster movie ensues. Mostly everyone dies at the end. Um,
1: it is it is Star Wars meets Alien meets Contagion, although Contagion wasn't a thing yet. But The it was Star
0: just- Wars thing kind of gets me because I didn't think of Star Wars when I watched it. But
1: uh, You have to understand. Okay, so can I... I'm I'm like taking over again. You have the floor. (laughs) I had not seen Forbidden World. I had no idea what I was getting into. It starts in a lab. Right. Just in a lab with a guy like pricking himself till he's bleeding in a lab, which is like not a thing you, you know, I mean. Yeah. I think there's protocols for when you do that, but don't worry about it because something is shattered in the background and he's like going to touch it. But I mean, the thing is, yeah you're you're already like like most of us have little cuts and wounds on us anyway so if it's that dangerous i don't know why anyone why it's even in that lab but don't worry about it don't worry about it and then i think we go to like the credit sequence which has like i feel like if i learned to make music in rock band or one of those kind of things like i could make this music in about an hour (laughs) like it was so bad i'm I'm picky about music, but I also don't notice it half the time. And this was terrible. Um, <laughs> and then suddenly we're in space. And I didn't even know we were in space before. Like, I felt like we were setting up for some kind of medical thriller
0: thing. <laughs>
1: which, of course, we weren't because I, it's called Dead Space. But, like, suddenly we're in space. Han Solo and Chewie have turned into, like, the man with the worst... Like, he is. he is aggressively unhappy with his robot friend who's named Tin Pan. Like, he's just nasty to his his only friend on the ship while they are having a space fight. And it's like, it's just very strange. Like, he's, it's just like the, it's, it's,
0: it's so like poorly someone, delivered.
1: It, But, you know, there are people who are kind of, I mean, I don't know how I want to put this. Like, people who are out of step. And sometimes I feel out of step. So I'm saying, like, you know, I really like this thing, and it seems like there are only ten other people on this planet who really like this thing. So clearly, I'm out of step, right? But right. I imagine someone watching Star Wars and being like, "This isn't quite funny," and so this is what they came up with instead, and they think <laughs> it's funny, but it's actually like mean spirited and nasty. <laughs> but, it, but 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 right. that's what's funny to them.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And then, like from there on, it is like, like. As you've said, I don't like plot driven the way you do, but this is like like I imagine the plot as like a like a giant truck in this it's like it is just going to keep, you know, off the freeway. They have those like those truck side things in case your truck gets out of control. Like, yeah, like this is like this truck just bypasses that and keeps flying down the grapevine or whatever, because. things don't make any sense at all. Like right. he's he like goes on this planet and they're like, actually, we don't need you. Let me show you to your quarters. And it's like, well, if they don't need him, why are they showing him to his quarters? And Kirby's like, well, maybe he needs his ship fixed, but they don't know that. So why would they be like anticipating? So there's like, there are all these things that don't happen for any reason except to make the movie go. <laughs> and, right. and it's that way from beginning to end. And then there's just like, perplexing things like repeated scenes where he appears to be like our lead hero who is involved with this for some, like they are telling him all the science and it's like, is he a science man? He seems like a military man. Why are they telling him this? What do they think he's gonna bring to the situation? It turns out a big stick because it turns out the way of dealing with the alien that's free on the ship is either to shoot it or hit it with a stick, but that's fine. But there are also multiple scenes where he seems to be like thrusting people at the alien, like, oh, hey, you wanted this guy here, which is just weird stuff like that anyway. Um. So that's that movie.
0: There's also a a dream sex sequence. <laughs> uh,
1: there's a dream sex sequence because they need this movie to be sexy to get people who want to see. I mean, and it's not sexy. She's wearing blue, like light or whatever. Yeah,
0: blue. That thing looked terrible.
1: <laughs> the women are two. At least two of the women are done up like they're from uh, Robert Palmer videos, um simply irresistible or addicted to love. Like they've got slicked back hair and bright red lipstick. It's it's very strange. So, but so it I, makes me think of the, okay, last point, and then you can babble on for a while. It makes me think of the crap I watched on TV as a kid again, though. Yeah. Like, because I, I just like, a, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, we're siblings, but I was raised by a television. It was like, here's a television, here's a, here's a can of Coke. Like, I'll yeah, see you a few I hours, mean, and I would just watch anything, and I feel like this is the kind of nonsense was, I might watch, because it was like, yeah, things are happening
0: i had more game consoles growing up i think than you did yeah. other than that same deal yeah. i mean most of my young childhood is watching nickelodeon and stuff <laughs> yeah. um uh well so yeah i mean my my so having seen forbidden world the, the one main the one thing that is similar between the two is that the monster is actually pretty fun in both movies like the yeah effect like the monster even though they show it too much in dead space and in forbidden world it's still kind of a neat design and kind of just fun so like that's cool and then forbidden world is just more it's kind of more endearing because it is just kind of weird and Roger Cormany and and kind of goofy and all that and dead space is just like in forbidden world like the walls are nothing but takeout boxes like Mm -hmm. that's what they use for the wall. Oh, is like that I, the
1: one? That's you showed the one it with, yes, okay. I sent
0: you that photo. Like, it's just takeout boxes on the wall. But this and, is and,
1: similar. <laughs>
0: well, Dead Space is similar, but just different enough not to work. With Dead Space, like, everything is cloudy and foggy because they don't want you to see any of the set. But there's so, like, when you can.
1: Walls that are spray painted gray.
0: Right. When you can, it's like obvious that they just and like. And a monitor. Really, Right. They've removed some like paneling from like, like a side of a, uh, of a washing machine or something, or like the, you know, like just pieces of metal or pieces of wood that they just put on a wall and been like, here's some color. Like, so they do some of the same, but like it looks better in forbidden world. In the, in dead space, there is that, uh, that foam that you use to, to deaden sound in a room that is um, on the walls And that's also, there's a couch in Forbidden World that is nothing but that foam, which is supposed to make it look futuristic, I guess. So it's like Forbidden World is more charming to me and Dead Space is, I still enjoy Dead Space because it's just a silly dumb movie. But it is also just, like, people wandering around, like, not doing anything in places. <laughs> and then some people die horribly. And then a monster shoots through a wall. So it's kind of entertaining. And then there's that oh scene my where God.
1: they go He'll outdoors. doors. Ruby lost his mind in that scene where there's a window. And our guy is, like, looking for the monster. And, like, through the window, you just see, like, it's like an Alfred Hitchcock. cameo. Yeah. Like, there's just a monster, like... And then it like slowly backs away. It was yeah. just so stupid.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, and, and like, yeah, it's it's very stupid. Well, and also we haven't even mentioned this yet because most of the actors are not people who I think have really been in much, but Brian Cranston is in this. Right. We haven't even talked about that yet. And he's a very big star these days and has been <laughs> for a number of years. And he's he plays doctor guy in this. Uh, and it's just like, nobody the line delivery is pretty much terrible across the board even poor brian cranston and that's where it's like everybody working on this movie like they probably were trying but like the director didn't know how to get it from them some of them didn't know how to act brian cranston who we know can act was not delivering his lines very well which may yeah. be the editor's fault it may be like they didn't do enough takes or whatever so like it's just it's just hilarious. And some of the line deliveries are so flat that, like, I just was repeating them to Jill and laughing because they were so flat.
1: Well, Mark Singer is the star, and he's a little before well, your time.
0: He, Sorry, yeah, Mark Singer is famous for those, like, Beast movies or whatever. Beastmaster
1: films. He was in the uh, 80s TV series V. He was in Dallas. So he's he's got – he's a name. Right. Um, Well, but it was like, – Some of the line, but then there was like, remember when our hero and his lovable pal, that he's very mean to, the robot, go onto the planet.
0: Right. They walk out. Is the
1: desert. It's just like somewhere in Southern California. Yeah. Um, and their suit's gonna deteriorate, and they're like they've got like fog near the camera to try and make the planet look inhospitable, but it just really looks like somewhere in Southern California. Yeah, and that poor girl whose boyfriend is a failure like it's just like he's climbing the wall but also you're looking at the movie and he's climbing the wall like it's just like her her line it made me think of galaxy quest where uh, Sigourney Weaver talks about like I have one job and that's to repeat what the computer says or whatever. Yes, like yes, it felt like that kind of a thing. Uh, is-
0: Galaxy Quest is infinitely quotable.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. This, this is this is not so much, but I do yes. remember these lines. But yeah, and it it's the dialogue was just bad. Well, I mean,
0: the, there's like it's they go out to a plant but there's no they don't wearing helmets or anything. But there's like right. something about like they can't be out there for too long, so the are their suits I've, will deteriorate. Right, but like what does? But they're not wearing helmets. I don't understand well it's
1: not that so we, we we just talked about life force which is a weird high budget film and it has none of these problems yeah this makes me think about you know we were talking about you know sometimes movies are just made for money and so you but it's it's weird where effort was made and that's kind of sometimes what is interesting about these low budget films like where effort was because you could probably cut a lot of scenes out, and then ask someone when the movie takes place, and they'd say the early nineties. Right. You know, it's it's the future, and we're in space, but everybody's dressed like a woman has a scrunchie in her hair, the makeup and everything. It, it, there's no attempt to make this look like the future, right? At all. There's nothing. Right. There's nothing that makes this the future. I mean, almost nothing because
0: yeah, the computer world put more like effort TV. into it.
1: The computers just look like the computers of the time they didn't even try and make that there's like one screen in the background they must have found a prop and like dragged it in but yeah. other than that i mean it's like keyboards and i like it when like the radio signal got lost and she's just hitting a key over and over and over again yeah. like
0: that's why And it's so
1: not th- it just like and, and okay sorry real quick like and then it also makes me think so so i'm thinking about like where we were just like ah it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Like yeah. he, th- this is it's fine. But also like the price of scripts, like <laughs> like yeah. how much it costs because it's not good. Right. <laughs> and you know, I write and you know your writing comes out terrible unless you put a lot of time into it. So like is this right. like an hourly wage we're seeing here? Anyway.
0: Well, and I mean, of course, you know, somebody who's been writing for longer might know how to make one of these B-movies a certain way quicker or something. But like the other thing is, again, Forbidden World is a more charming movie ultimately because they did put more effort into it. Again, the walls are completely covered in takeout boxes in Forbidden World. And like the writing. It looks like and more of...
1: effort was made, is what yeah, you're Yeah.
0: And like even the, the writing and like the characters and the dialogue is a little better in Forbidden World. It's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just more amusing. So yeah, it's it's it's
1: no the dialogue odd. in here, like there's there's just again, like the truck that is the plot just barreling through the movie. Like there's the like one woman is introduced as the only person who survived this horrific massacre, and you're like, why would you introduce someone like that? Also, again, why are they telling this man who just showed up any of this information? What do they think he can do for them? Doesn't matter. The truck is up, the, the plot is a truck driving as <laughs> fast as it can down the grapevine. Don't worry about the- world
0: building. It doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of like d- dialogue that's about getting us from A to B without necessarily revealing any story or character or anything like that.
0: There's like basically no character there is. Um, I don't have anything else to say about this, but I did remember one thing I wanted to call out, which is um, at the very end where, you know, we've got this virus and somehow that's going to kill the monster and get us all better. And we, we know that Brian, at that point, Brian Cranston has the virus and we know that he's going to die somehow because that's how these movies go. And it's just great. that The effect of his, how him, his head is ultimately like popped off. And like chewed on or i don't know what's going on but like it just pops off brian cranston well that's
1: one of the scenes where our hero throws a person at the alien to kill yeah like i don't know don't worry about it the very end of this did we warn that we were spoiling the famous 1991 anyway the very end of this he and and lady who he is had who had sex dreams about him who we know are meant to be a couple because they stare at each other for a while um and, but there's, like, not really many scenes of that. Um, they're, like, on his ship together, and she's, like, I want to go here, and he's, like, but I don't want to. Wasn't that a weird moment? Do you remember that? Like, they're on his I... weird nude, his weird nudist chair thing in his yeah. ship.
0: <laughs> Yes, I remember, but I don't remember the dialogue at all.
1: I feel like if you like to hang out with your friends and play games while bad movies are playing in the background this is one of those movies. Like, very few people are really going to, I mean, it's more entertaining than Monster Go-Go. It's more entertaining than the giant claw. Yeah. But it's still, it's like the kind of thing you put on and don't pay too much attention to.
0: I I mean, definitely, I was distracted. Like when I was watching it, I I was trying to pay attention, but I also had just gotten a new phone and was like fiddling around with that. And like, none of this matters. That's why it's like it's like good
1: background for a party or games or things that we're not doing right now because we're all in our houses because it's still COVID era. But um, yeah, that's what this feel. It feels like you know, entertaining enough for that, but not so entertaining that people are going to want to watch it instead of take their turn in Catan or whatever
0: yeah totally uh so shall we uh let's do the wrap up um, let's
1: wrap it up
0: we normally have another movie we talk about but we decided to take it easy this week yes. um so i didn't watch that many movies um should i go first do you want to go first what are we who's going first
1: uh you go first
0: so i watched independence day as i mentioned in one of the reviews because we talked about roland emmerich briefly um, it's fun. Uh, I inherited a surround sound system, a very, very old one from somebody, and it's fantastic. And it was really fun to watch Independence Day at home with surround sound. Uh, it's it's just a really, it's not like a, my favorite movie or anything. My favorite, Stargate is still my favorite because Stargate. But like, you know, everybody's in that movie, for one thing. Like, everybody is in independence when day, you say your like. favorite
1: stargate i think you mean your favorite roland emmerich film maybe that
0: is what i meant to say
1: <laughs> yeah um,
0: and <laughs> and so like it's it was enjoyable to watch independence day and it's also just like a super solid action movie it's well paced the story kind of hits all its beats at a good time i don't know it just kind of works uh, you and me both watched i'm all right jack which is a 1959 movie. It's Peter Sellers. I've
1: almost entirely forgotten it already. Yeah.
0: Excellent. <laughs> um, it's that was one that I appreciated, and I kind of liked what it was, even it though was
1: extremely British, extremely British.
0: As as mom, mom knows more about this because she likes a certain era of comedy and certain, and she knows these eras better but it's kind of pre it's like what is it post
1: pre pre goon squad pre monty python
0: right and some of the people who peter seller peter not peter sellers but the people in this movie i think would go on to be goon squad um i think but like it's just that era and so like some of the humor is enjoyable and some of it is more intellectually funny because again the british that's how british humor works for me and some people I know, but I don't know. So I enjoyed it, and I appreciated it, and it was, it was good to see another movie with Peter Sellers in it that wasn't um, uh, Doctor Strangelove. So um, yeah, it
1: just it's a comedy about. Let me just throw my two cents in here. I can't find anything about. Oh, it's because it's looking up Good Squad, Goon Squad, um, stuff. Goon anyway, squad. um. Uh, It's a comedy about like the working class and unions and upper class twits and all of that. And it's very, very dry. And I like dry humor, but this is definitely like intellectually funny, doesn't make you laugh too hard. And it just it, it, it was it was it was to the nth degree of it. So anyway,
0: yeah. that's that's how I um. Yeah, I also yeah, appreciate your yeah, thing. Uh, I then watched. I finished uh, the Mandalorian season two. It took exactly a week because it's only eight episodes and they aren't they're uh, between thirty and fifty minutes basically. Um, mm-hmm. So it's pretty short. Uh, again, I enjoy the Mandalorian. It's fun. I like a lot of people. I was also starving for some decent Star Wars content because I didn't really like anything in between the original trilogy and the Mandalorian. I mean, the, 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 the newer movies are okay. Some of them in the first two are kind of entertaining for different reasons. I have not seen Clone Wars, the animated show, but so, it was fun. It's a Western. It's, you know, got neat things it's doing. It's got cute stuff. It's got good design. It's got great sound. It's kind of just a fun Western space, you know, space Western, which is basically what Star Wars is anyways. Um, I watched Godzilla versus Gigan, I'm not sure if I'm, I always get a little confused on how to say that some of the Japanese names, but it was the next Godzilla movie. It is not as entertaining. Unfortunately, I think the last one I had seen before Godzilla versus Gigan is Godzilla versus Hidora, which is my favorite of the, this section of Godzilla movies. And Gigan has a really neat design, but this movie and like the plot in this movie wouldn't be bad, but there's never any character really in these movies, or at least there often is not a lot of character. And this movie is, and so they're more or less plot reliant on just kind of like enjoying the running around and the tiny models and the silliness and seeing the monsters fight. So like, it's really just kind of like, it is, it, it, I mean, campy monster movies. That's what Godzilla is. Right. And this one doesn't quite have enough going on. <laughs> so I was just kind of like, Hey, look at these people. Nobody's saying anything. We're doing another scene. I don't know. Things haven't changed enough. They haven't gotten wacky enough. Uh, so, anyways, the geek, the Gigan design was neat, if nothing else. Uh, the other, the last movie I have to talk about is the one I watched this morning, because we didn't film and I was getting capped, um, was Underworld, which was pretty popular when it came out in 2003. It was one of those movies... I watched
1: that- it years ago. I don't remember my. I think Kate... Beckinsale stars yes, in it and isn't is it correct. like her husband who it's kind of like Resident Evil that way where it's like a...
0: yeah well it's Len something who's the director but I don't know I didn't know that part but I that rings a bell somewhere in my head um it it's that kind of movie where like I think at the time it was kind of panned by a lot of people but audiences liked it like a panned by a lot of critics but audience liked it And to me, it's one of those movies that's kind of average. Like, it's not terrible. It's a little stupid. And ultimately, it's just overblown and kind of too serious. But it's like too... It's the kind of serious, but it's mixed with a level of, like, fantasy that doesn't quite mesh. I
1: definitely associate it with Resident Evil in my mind.
0: Yeah, Jill wants to watch Resident Evil now. (laughs) Um, But... I would have to say that Underworld is not really worth a whole lot of discussion other than to say that it definitely got its design motif from the matrix, or at least it's of that same kind of design, except that the matrix has like these greens and Browns that are interesting and you move from different sets to different sets. Whereas Underworld more or less takes place in three different locations, kind of, and each, each different set they end up on is just as kind of like dark and bright like in various degrees, as any other scene, so it's really drab looking. Like there's no color to it, and I'm colorblind, so it's not like I always notice the great color design of things. Occasionally, the the greens and reds confuse me, but like I don't know, it's just a little too drab. So there's some neat, there's like neat conceptual designs and the way the the it's shot and some of the stuff they're doing is neat, even if it looks really boring. So I don't know. Also, Bill Nai Naihi Naii, I forget how to say his last name is the is one of the guys in this. He plays Elder Vampire. And anytime he's talking, I'm like, "What, Davy Jones?" Oh, oh. Wrong movie. <laughs> Just sounds like Davy Jones all the time. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I watched.
1: So I didn't get too far this week myself. Obviously, I wrote uh, I wrote. I watched I'm all right Jack with you. Already said what I thought about that. I finished my problematic Chinese drama that I was enjoying. I think I already talked about the fashion. It's kind of interesting. I find it interesting when you have people in a culture or at least is presented this way, regardless of what the actual culture it is, because you know it's not always what you see right in these certain gender roles and and when it kind of rather than saying we shouldn't be in these gender roles or anything like that, like it just explores being in them a little bit, yeah and so you have this young woman who. Who like moves to sh- from a smaller town in somewhere in China, I think Hunan, uh, to Shanghai and gets yeah. a job. And she basically gets it because she has panda blood, which is A B negative. Um, and like the, okay. the big boss's sister has A B negative, and it's a rare blood type. And so they tend to hire people with A B negative into the company, just in case. And that okay. happened. And that's how she meets the boss, and they start a relationship and there's this interesting cinderella motif where she's like you know but no one you know but everybody thinks i'm with him for the money or so on and there's a nice little speech with this woman who's like do you think everybody just approved of cinderella like what are you asking for here so it's it's kind of yeah and she goes through this whole thing where she gets she's not really interested in working hard and then she gets more interested in working hard and like meeting him at his level and he's not he doesn't really care one way or the other he just likes teasing her like i think their relationship is basically that she's kind of silly and he finds that endlessly entertaining and that is their relationship um and at the end of it she's like well okay i owned a business and i didn't really care for it i just want to be your wife and like i feel like so many feminists would be like down on that and I, i certainly it's a it's a story we've seen before and i think that's why we get down on stories like that but there's something different about seeing it in the modern time where at least like she, at least she has a choice like she she right. could be a businesswoman if she wanted and yeah. she doesn't and that's fine too and so it's kind of interesting I, the, the real shame of it to me besides some of the other problematic racial stuff in it was um that it really it explored like that aspect of of her and them in like the last 5 of 33 episodes and it was like i wish you'd started that like 5 episodes earlier it's interesting some these shows sometimes regardless of I, I, I haven't the japanese dramas are shorter in general so they don't have this issue as much but the korean dramas do this too they get really they really build things up in the first few episodes and then they rush to the end even though it's a 16 even though 16 episodes is a decent number of episodes and 33 yeah. episodes certainly yeah. is it? they were and they were hour-long episodes it wasn't 33 half hour long episodes it was 33 hour long episode yeah. no just kind of interesting um one of the soap opera ones which you'd never um want to watch um this the the soap opera ones tend to be way more conformist and conservative um in like everyone gets married and has babies kind of a way
0: marry and procreate
1: (laughs) yeah but this one uh, reproduce is what it actually was in the movie i keep forgetting but um right it had some interesting moments between some of the older women who'd really grown up in these restrictive times kind of reminiscing on what it is what what being a woman is for them you know because they grew up in these times and these and and it's interesting to see that rather than like something more social justice And I have nothing against social justice but it, it, it can be interesting to see. It's a variety. Yeah, and just people, you know, it's it's nice to think we can all be whoever we want to be for whatever reason, you know, yeah. we, you know. I certainly believe people should be treated equally, but, you know, the reality is, you know, you, I'm 5'2", I'm not going to be a professional basketball player, right? So like, right. Just to see people kind of reckoning with what their lives are and how they've been. Anyway, um, and then I rewatched One Spring Night, which is an excellent, excellent drama that if if you're in the mood for something more realistic and a little more social justice that's a Korean one. And um, he is a single dad, which apparently is, like, he needs to either marry a single mom or a divorced woman. Like, that is who he should marry because... Um, it you know, I'm reading between the lines and you don't know television versus reality, obviously, what's going on. Yeah. But there seems to be a habit of kind of if you remarry, you discard the previous children, like,, uh. in one way or another. And really, <laughs> they should go with their mom, but the mom's not in the picture in this case. So it's it's just kind of odd things happen with custody and so on. Uh, and she is not divorced and she does not have kids, but she does have a boyfriend she's not very happy with. And there's some very interesting stuff about, um, you know, uh, between her and her parents and what they expect and how how young Korean the the more um, younger Korean generation feels versus the older Korean generation and who thinks what's right and how to deal with it and what's acceptable and yeah. and what's right and so on and and it's it's um it's very uh, realistic and it's one of the more genuine slice of life ones versus something more comedic or fantastical or I don't think it has silly sound effects it's not that kind of show and that actually makes it kind of more rare
0: right Uh, you you
1: you could enjoy it if you were in the mood for that kind of. and I
0: may yet well and I forgot to mention that I have started watching it's okay to not be okay which is a Netflix original whatever that means it may or may not actually be produced by them it probably wasn't uh K drama, which is very gothic and very (laughs) yeah, and that was very
1: it's very fantastical, and it's got, um, you know, it's got, um, bits that have pop or not pop, it's stop motion animation and bits that are you know, so that's got a lot of that kind of stuff. Whereas one spring night is. What is it? It's way more cinema verite, I guess, is what I want to say. Like, sure, <laughs> I, you know. So anyway, so that's fun. Now I'm rewatching. I'm rewatching some other stuff, and I don't know what I feel like watching. I need to start something new, and I don't know what I'm in the mood for. I think I might be done with problematic Chinese stuff for now. We'll see.
0: Cool. Well, yeah i I forgot I forgot to mention my TV stuff, but I'm still watching The tutor over Jill's shoulder. Um, the tutors, which is like a proto. I think I said this last time it's proto game proto game of thrones or something. I have no nothing new to report. I'm we're on season 8 of Stargate SG1 so we're getting there. And uh I uh, I watched the second episode of Dark. I'm apparently doing about an episode a week is what I can manage with Dark. Um Well, and- then the second
1: episode is where the guys do the thing. And yeah,
0: you, you spend the and whole it time. It all <laughs> makes sense now, every single bit of it. So.
1: <laughs> and most of the time, you're just like, wait, who is that? <laughs>
0: is yeah, it like, the younger well, or the older? God. I was explaining this to you. Okay, spoil for, So, for about 30, for 30 seconds to a minute, I'm going to say something, and it's super spoilers for dark. There are three different timelines, <laughs> but then there's now two realities, which means there's six <laughs> different timelines across two different realities. <laughs> except there's also a group that's even farther back in time somehow because of the event, I guess. So there's at least seven (laughs) timelines, which is like, this is like the Return of the Jedi or something like there's so many things you have to follow in one or Lord of the Rings Return of the King or something. Anyways, Uh, going forward our next week which is our our last week of watching these and I haven't released our last Pigeon Verite but I'm gonna get on that this week. But next week we are watching Alien versus Predator um, which is our 2000 monster movie. Um, which was pretty famous in my youth. And I know is, there's lots of debates about it among geek culture. And then from 2010s, we're actually watching a movie released only two years ago called The Cloverfield Paradox, which I remember coming out and seeing the reviews for. So I know most of what happens with it. But i have told it's a pretty entertaining bad movie, or at least some people thought it was. So that's what we're watching for the podcast. And we're also going to watch uh, Mr. <laughs> Collins Opus.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Are we going to do that? Or are we replacing what you wanted me to watch? Yeah. You?
0: We're going to, we're sneaking this in here. Cause I have a friend who I watched some of these episodes. I don't know entirely what he does. Maybe we'll watch that
1: to... on zoom together.
0: Yeah. Maybe we'll do and that. And we're
1: also watching the man who fell to earth tomorrow. I think.
0: Yeah. As long as Kirby is um, home, which I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm, it's another one of those movies that I've heard about. You're not honestly. curious
1: to see if Kirby is home. You're curious to see the movie.
0: Yes. Correct. <laughs> um, and then I don't have anything else. I mean, me and Jill are home all day. I mean, as usual, but we're also specifically you have to see
1: what like the cat wants to watch. Yeah,
0: we're specifically sort of monitoring the cat, and so we're like watching movies. And she's probably going to want me to play Smite, which is fine. But I may only be up for a couple games. I've been a little off Smite recently. Um, the, the
1: cat is going to want you to play.
0: Jill is going to want me to play Smite. <laughs> um, the other cat. Uh, but yes, I'm. Don't know. I'm going to watch that, probably another Godzilla movie somewhere in there i to try and get rid of some more of the DVDs that have been sitting in a pile to be watched because I want that pile to slowly disappear. There's, I mean, Jill wants to watch Yentl before it leaves the Criterion channel. And I've always been curious because Barbara Streisand. Uh, so that's what I got. You don't know what you're watching. So I guess that's it for us, right?
1: Yep, we're good.
0: We're good. All right, everybody. Thank you for, for listening. Have a good week. Take it easy. Bye. Watch Movies. Bye.